Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast here on the NBC Sports Boston Podcast Network. Uh, hopefully you're recovering from the Celtics giving up 150 points. We're, I'm going to try to stay positive today because I got out a lot of the anger in the postgame pod. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you, 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 we're gonna have to work through this, and we need another game really bad. Luckily, we got Celtics and Mavericks, Luca versus Tatum coming up on Thursday night, and uh, that's a good way to divert attention. I got my buddy Tim McMahon from ESPN popping by, give us some insight on what he sees from Boston from afar, including last night, and what it's like to be around Luka Doncic every day and covering him and the crazy numbers he's putting up and the MVP race, which is way too early, but. It's a lot of fun to talk about and getting us ready for that matchup. So let's just get right to it. Here's my conversation with Tim McMahon. All right, Tim. Uh, one of my favorite people from ESPN. And now you're, you're going to spin that and say there were other non-favorite people at ESPN. But you, 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 you were always very, very, very kind to me. And I'm still abusing your kindness by, uh, by bringing you on. Thank you for, uh, for jumping on. Man, it's always a pleasure to see that hairstyle. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the perfect placement of the product. Ah, this is a throwback. We're ready to roll. Uh, we're going to kick it old school style. Back when me, you, and Fredell were running three-man weaves on on podcasts that uh, change names every week. But uh, you, I'm going to get into Luca Magic and being around that every night. But I do want to start here. Like, Give me the outsider perspective on what it's like to watch Boston from afar. And it's ironic because as I'm texting you last night, it's in the midst of this Oklahoma City disaster. Does that temper at all how you feel about this team? I was going to say, I hadn't seen them until uh, you told me you wanted me on today. So I watched them last night. I think this team is absolutely awful. Are you kidding me? That people think these that team's a contender? No. Uh, obviously, that was uh, something that needs to be flushed last night. I, I would say, and I, I know they acknowledge this, no shade Gildas Alexander. They kind of, mm. you know, <laughs> I don't know if they spiked Down their game raid in the pregame locker room or whatever the case may have been, but... Uh, aside from that embarrassing performance, and and there's you know it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster recently. But when you talk about who's the favorite in the Eastern Conference, you have mm-hmm. to talk about the Celtics. Obviously, coming off the Finals appearance, uh, have have been historically elite offensively all season long. I think we you know you discuss the best duos in the NBA. Certainly, if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't the first ones that mm-hmm. you bring up, they they come up very very early. Uh, in that conversation, uh, the Celtics, I, I just checked, they are still a top 10 defensive team. I, I, <laughs> you I you thought they might, they might slip out of that based on last <laughs> night, but yeah, it's, it's incredible that they're, I think they're still seventh. Yeah. Uh, well, actually ninth, ninth in defense. Nah, rating uh, now. Okay. And, uh, but I had the chance to be a, a dominant defensive team. Obviously Robert Williams missing most mm-hmm. of the season. He's such a key part to that. You know, they're going to have to be careful not to put too much on Al Horford's plate. Him, him coming back helps that. But when you when you talk about the best offensive team in the NBA right now and arguably in NBA history, um, plus a you know a top five potential defense, that's a bona fide contender. Were you surprised at all? Like coming into the year, even up here, we were very, you know, with the Eme scandal mm-hmm. and everything that's going on and just how would this team respond? And then Rob going for surgery, Danilo Gallinari going for surgery. Any mm-hmm. surprise that they started as fast as they did? And, you know, what do you think is more indicative? They're 21 and five start or eight and eight since December 2nd. 
Yeah, I, I think it's closer to 21 and five than eight and eight. I, I do think this is a, a legitimate contender who's just go, kind of going through a lull. Um, did I expect 21 and five? No, because let's be honest, Joe Mazzola was not, you know, it, it was not ideal to bump him from the back of the bench into the head coach spot. And if the Utah Jazz had not hired Will Hardy, mm. he probably would have been the guy. Now, having said that, obviously he's done a really good job so far. This is the first kind of big test. Well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say it's the first big test because the situation he was thrown into <laughs> to start the season. So that that's not fair. I, I will retract that. This is a big test for him, though. Um, you know, to have a team that obviously has sky-high expectations mm-hmm. that it was lighting the league on fire, you know, to go through, as as you noted, uh, about a month-long period uh, we call it adversity, call it just, you know, a, a tough stretch, whatever it is. So this is a test for a, a young coach uh, to get this team back to a title contending track. All right. Now let's talk about the fun stuff. What, what's it like watching Luca? Like, I mean, I tune into league passes as, as much as I can. And I see all mm-hmm. the end of game highlights and look, every time he plays the Celtics, he makes some crazy game winner. So uh, we get a taste wing. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what's it like seeing it on a night to night basis? You know, it's uh, it's honestly very similar to when I was covering the Rockets on a night-to-night mm. basis and, and Harden was putting up historic numbers. It's every single night, you know, you might see something historic. You might see something that's never, literally never happened in the NBA before, whether it's a 60-21-10 night, um, you know, some of the, I mean, this guy, the like a 40-point triple-double is like, you know, as Jason Kidd said after one of those earlier years, yeah, it's getting kind of boring. <laughs> um, it's, it, it, just his ability to put up numbers is absolutely amazing. And it is Harden-esque also just in the, in the style. I think that is the best comp for Luka Doncic. But, and, you know, Boston fans might think this is sacrilegious. Mm. I think it's, he's a blend of James Harden and Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. And I say Bird, obviously – both Hard and Bird are phenomenal passers. They have the vision. They have that feel for the game. But, you know, Bird had that post-up game, that mid-range game, that touch, uh, that ability to kind of savvy his way and, and a, a combination of savvy and smart his way into just a, a just enough space to get a shot off mm-hmm. and then hit these ridiculous uh, shots on a consistent basis. And that's the thing with Luka. And, and that, to me, is the biggest difference between him and 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 prime James Harden is he is an absolute mid-range floater area assassin. It, it, it's truly remarkable to watch. And and I, it, my big question is, you know, where does he factor in in the MVP conversation? At first, it was easy to diminish yeah. it and say, oh, he's just putting up empty numbers. They're still a 500 team. Well, seven mm-hmm. straight wins now. You know, is that the roadmap for him in terms of like if they win and if they're anywhere near the top of that jumbled Western Conference, is that enough to get Luca based on the, the crazy numbers that he's thrown out there? I mean, he's the favorite right now uh, as far as the Vegas odds go. They're a top four seed in the West right now. This seven-game win streak, if you look at the quality of competition, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wouldn't get too carried away with that. Uh, they're scoring 51 and he, or Luca's scoring 51 and they're beating the Spurs by one. You know, 61, 20, and 10 uh, to beat the Knicks and Brunson without Brunson and Barrett in overtime. A couple close wins over the Rockets in that span. Um, so 
I don't think they're going to end up like one of the top few teams in the Western Conference. But if they're if they're a playoff team, no play in a playoff team, mm-hmm. we've seen that kind of as the floor that's set for MVP candidates. Jokic last year won it as a six seed. Now, look, he's the favorite now. <laughs> you look at what Nikola Jokic is doing in Denver. Yeah. Voter fatigue, and Michael Malone said this recently, voter fatigue is not an excuse to leave a guy off your ballot. If if he's having his best season as a two-time defending MVP for a team that is the top seed in the Western Conference. You know, Jason Tatum, as you know, was uh, was the top finisher in what I refer to as the as the BS poll, the, the bar tip straw poll. Uh, you know, a lot the of perfect terminology for it. <laughs> perfect terminology. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant, I don't know if the Brooklyn Nets are ever going to yeah. lose again. And if they never lose again, and he's averaging a ridiculously efficient 30 points and contributing all kinds of other ways, uh, you know, he, he's going – to be in the mix um you know joel Embiid. wait hold on is that drew hanlon tweeting oh joel <laughs> joel Embiid is, is putting up absolute monster numbers and i'm leaving out their six i'm leaving out oh duh, the guy even... no Giannis. oh yeah oh geez the guy who just oh ho-hum he had 55 last night and that, that this MV, the point is this mvp field is so loaded donovan mitchell fresh off of 71 <laughs> points is like He's a second tier, doesn't really have a chance type of candidate. So Luke is the favorite right now. Um, if the Mavericks finishes a top four seed, it will be obviously because he's put up just monster numbers. I think he's going to have a heck of a chance. But there's also going to be five of the guys on the ballot that I think are going to have awfully strong cases. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because up here the whole narrative has been, well, you know, Jalen Brown's having such a good year. Will that diminish mm-hmm. from the way we look at Tatum? And so Luca doesn't have quite the supporting cast, and that sort of accentuates his case. But I've always felt like the Celtics had to probably be the top seed in the Eastern Conference to really hammer home Tatum's case, to be ahead of Giannis, to be ahead mm-hmm. of and beat all those guys. And yet, I, I don't know. It's a fascinating race, and it's 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 it is crazy that we're spending this much air on the MVP race when there's so much time left. Oh, right. 30 go. some odd games into the season. Uh, <laughs> someone's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. The narrative will shift 42 times, but I guess this is what we do. Like this is, this is just the way it is. And it's a good sign for the league that there's mm-hmm. as much talent as there is, but yeah, I, I sometimes sit there and, and, and slap my head. What, what do you think the roadmap for Tatum is like, how, because Luca's numbers are so crazy. Is it just like, is it just seeding? Is it is it hoping the voters kind of come down on that whole best player on the best team, like valuing winning? I mean, do they look at supporting cast? Like when you're casting a ballot, like what would you what what's your what's your priority? Well, and again, I don't think it's just Luca. I think there's there's five guys that that Tatum's competing against, and Tatum is averaging a pretty efficient whatever thirty plus points per game, but he's not going to have the prettiest numbers. He's just not. You know, he he might end up being sixth. Uh, in, in terms of just the pure stats. Now, uh, I so I think the Celtics probably have to have the best overall record. Now, if they have the best overall record, he's putting up 30-plus points per game pretty efficiently. You, you know, the voters should understand that he's a two-way player, that he's making an impact on the defensive end of the floor. You know, then I think he'll have a legitimate chance. And again, that's reflected by the premature BS poll. The fact that he was the the leader early in the later. first straw poll of the season, um, which honestly is fun to talk about, but it is ridiculously premature. <laughs> I mean, I remember last year 
when Steph Curry was like the runaway winner and, and, and Brian Windhorst is basically, you know, declaring him the winner and planning his, uh, his MVP speech. I'm like, dude, there's two thirds of the season to go. <laughs> well, we still got over half the season to go again. I think Tatum has a legitimate chance. Honestly, though, I, I might put him sixth out of the six guys I consider real candidates just because all those other guys put up stats that are just bonkers. Mm. And it's so true. Mix in, a, mix in a 55 point performance, 60s. Come on, come on. That's what everybody else is doing. And, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, it, it, I, I kept waiting. Like, Oklahoma City on a random Tuesday night. This feels prime for a no, nope, the other way around. All the Oklahoma City <laughs> dudes putting up career nights against the Celtics. Uh, the most important question I have is, uh, what's the Kemba Walker experience like uh, down there in Dallas? And uh, like I have to I have to peel back to current a little bit. My dog is staring at me. My kids insisted it have a Celtic name, and his name is Kemba. And so he's going to come running over at some point during this conversation. But what like what's it been like to infuse Kemba, and what does he get left in the tank down there? Well, I would encourage you to keep those dog walks short because you can't put too many minutes on on those. Knees. His knees are terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> no, listen. Kimba Walker, obviously you don't sign a savior six weeks into the season to a non-guaranteed minimum contract. <laughs> and everybody, you know, the guy, it's funny because the Mavericks wanted to put that max off. They they were ready to sign him to a max deal mm. when Boston swooped in and, and signed him, you know, however many summers ago that was. It's a lot of knee problems and, and two contract buyouts. Uh, since then, they finally get their guy. Um, <laughs> uh, and they almost beat the Cavaliers mm -hmm. during a Luca rest night, basically because of Kimba. He, he took 32. 25 shots in that game, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, he, he had 32 points. He played 42 minutes. You can't do that with Kimba Walker. And Jay Kidd acknowledged that, like, well, duh. Um, and so then, you know, knee soreness popped up. He had to miss some time. And he's he's very much playing spot minutes. They have gone some a lot of times lately with uh, with a two way player, McKinley Wright the fourth, uh, over him, uh, simply because they they like Wright's defense better. But look, non guaranteed minimum deal. Uh, I think it's later this week the Mavericks have to make a commitment for the rest mm. of the season, or cut him loose. Uh, I would anticipate to probably pick that up just because he showed that hey he can still put it in the basket. And, you know, there, there are times when they need a little bit of juice. They need a little bit of playmaking offensively and in small doses, which is reasonable for a guy on a minimum deal. He can get, he can still give you that. Yeah. And I'd have to go full Bobby Marks here and check their cap situation, but there is an advantage to uh, if you, if you cut a player, that's uh, as the, the, the 12 plus years of experience and, and there's some tax savings and all that. So uh, the, mo the more important part is like Kemp is just a really good locker room guy. Like mm -hmm. there was a reason that Jalen and Jason made strides even as Kemba was on the decline because of how much he talked them up and empowered them, especially coming off the Kyrie disaster. So uh, I don't think it's the worst thing for, for Kemba to be in the ear of people in that locker room and, and giving guidance to a guy like Luca as he, uh, as he sorts and makes his way. All right, we said it was, it's way too early for predictions, but I want to end on this. Like who's coming out of the East, who's coming out of the West. If you, if we, if we did a straw poll about uh, conference champions, who, who are you liking right now? The short answer is a mix between an elephant and a rhino. Elephino. Um, <laughs> it's also it's also a double IPA at Red Rocks Brewery in Utah. 
Uh, it will Ooh. not be. It will not be the Utah Jazz. I, I stay away from those double IPAs. It's like a ten percenter. I was going to say, aren't you like a Corona guy or something? It, not, no, no, no. Craft beer, but not not, not the ten percenters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that that's no Luka Doncic recovery beer. I can. Probably I was going to say, that. spike that Nick Ultra. We don't need that. <laughs> um, you have to put Boston at the top of the list in the East. I think you know Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn now. That's your top three. And then the Cleveland, Philly, give them a chance. So I think there's five teams with a chance. There's the top tier with the, the three, Boston leading that, then that second tier. In the West, who's healthy? Um, I, 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 I love Denver's chances. But, you know, when you factor, when you look at point differential, which is usually a pretty good indicator, it's like, mm, it's not real impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at their defensive ranking, another pretty good indicator. Eh, not real impressive. Um, I think that might come down to how many minutes can Jokic play in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, because they're going to have to play the on-off splits. Yeah, the on-off splits. Are, yeah, can he go Can he go Will? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, the on-off splits are incredible. And then, you know, there's a bunch like, hey, uh, are the Clippers going to be healthy? I mean, they they, they probably not. Probably not. <laughs> You know, I mean, John Morant's already declared the Grizzlies champion, so this might be a, a waste of breath. Certainly, they're going to have a shot. Tell me if the Warriors are healthy. Who knows? I mean, if anybody can come out of a play-in situation into a uh, you know into the finals, it would be a team with the core of a dynasty still intact. Um, so this is a long way of saying I really don't have any clue in the West. I didn't mention the Pelicans. I didn't mention the Mavericks. Stranger things have happened. Mm. I think the West is wide open. It, it's crazy. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna default to your your preference and and like the brewery tour for me would be going to Milwaukee and uh, <laughs> there's plenty of options out there and then probably Denver. There's a, there's a there's a company out there that makes a jalapeno IPA that I can go for. It's jalapeno not as not a double. IPA. I'm okay, telling you. you. Can, that's one of those you can probably only drink one of those. You're risking both heartburn and hangover. That, that, <laughs> no. that that's an that's an H and H combo you want no part of. <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes I I think I've burnt out the stomach lining in my, in my body, like from spicy foods and stuff like that. So uh, we'll just we'll just have to rock it off playoff line. And you didn't mention Golden State, right? Like, I mean, I didn't mention I, Golden State. You did? Okay, I'm, 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 I, I came I, out of the play in. Once you start talking about beer, I just like my my brain's gone. I'm like uh, I'm on to I'm on to more important. By the problems. way, uh, sources within the Warriors organization Ooh. tell me that that brewery attached to the uh, the arena harmonic. Is- is that what they say? It's eh. Yeah, it is. I bought a Sorry. sweatshirt because it's a cool guitar logo, but I okay. will have to admit the beer is the beer is underwhelming. Tim, I, I might need you to be my test kitchen because I've tried to like, you know, my 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 beer addiction, uh, and, and that's probably a bad way to, put, to phrase it, but uh I I do love craft beer as well. If you could actually mm-hmm. see if I turn my camera, which I don't often do. Uh okay. These are all the bre- these are all the brewery stickers oh, nice. that I picked up along the way. And so uh, you know, as I as I visit all these NBA cities, I uh I try to pick some up and you know, but that, that that's going down a wormhole. So I need you to be my my test kitchen because most I find most uh NBA fans don't care about what I'm drinking. Uh so I'll just I'll just have to text you and let you no, know. No, text me, I care. And then I, <laughs> I do enjoy the reviews. I, I'm more on the lighter end of things. Like I said, that's right. Yeah. IPAs are, mm. No, they, they'll get you. Like you got you gotta steer clear. You can only drink so many of them. So all right. Well, uh hopefully I'm if the Celtics fans are crushing double IPAs after giving up 150 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So let's <laughs> I, let's I, see I what the Celtics. Might have crushed some before that game. 
<laughs> well, they blame that for their Denver struggles and New Year's Eve out there. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the, they find some uh, dry January in uh, Dallas, Texas, and we'll see how that one plays out. Tim McMahon, thank you as always. Adios, amigo. All right, I love Tim. Just so refreshingly honest. I, I do love that uh, kind of needle Celtics fans there with uh, – if you watched, if the last night was the only game you watched, you'd be quite surprised to hear that the Boston Celtics have, were the betting favorite for NBA champion for much of the season. You know, and I know we'll, we're going to we'll spend a lot of time in the next couple of days sort of overanalyzing what went wrong in that game. Uh, I think it simply boils down to for me what I've what I've what I've kind of come away with as as I as I as I try to put my finger on why things have gone sideways. You know, there's a lot of little things you can point at. The bench is just not shooting as good as it did as it as it did at the start of the season. That puts an em- extra emphasis on what Tatum and Brown got to do. And um, you you just look at the 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 overall defensive numbers. As much as they've crawled up, like in in big moments, they haven't been able to lock in like in past seasons. So that's just just, just sort of my focus for the rest of of January here. There's little things like, will Sam pull out of his slump? Will, you know, Tatum get that three point shot going and be the second half wizard that he has been for, for the, throughout his career, you know, how does the Rob reintegration work? And when does he join the starting lineup? Will he join the starting lineup? And a lot of that we've, we've covered in this spot, but the number one thing to me is just what is the Celtics identity moving forward? You know, is this a team that is just going to kind of, be a front runner and coast when the offense is clicking and look really good and be a historic group, but just can't dial it up defensively the way they have in past seasons, or will the balance shift a little bit? Will Rob being back on that back line and being a more consistent presence. And as the minutes go up, will they get back to the team they were last season? So that's, that's my thing. I wanted, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next say four weeks we have to learn a lot about this team because brad stevens has some potential maneuvering to do at the deadline if troubles persist but uh you heard tim there saying he thinks the celtics are closer to the 21 and 5 team than the 8 and 8 one we've seen over the past month but certainly some strides this team has to make to get uh and and just really with consistency just being it bringing it every single night especially when you've got the target on your back all right We'll be back Thursday night after Celtics Mavs. Break it all down. See how we're feeling after that one. See how Tatum performs. Outdueled Luca during that game in Boston. Can he do it twice? Go like, subscribe. Check us out on the YouTube page. Go check out Tim on Howdy Partners on their YouTube page. We'll catch you next time on the Celtics Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm.